0: Somebody came to my door and was lost, rang the doorbell, was lost, and told me her life story after I gave her directions, told me her life story. And my family just shakes their heads. You know, they just, they've come to expect it now.
1: Welcome to Success Formula, where success is not a monolith. I am Cole Johnson ushering the many different paths to success, and my next guest has paved another road to get there. She tackles the area of the boardroom and the bedroom. With her coaching service almost 25 years in the field, she has created programs such as Relationship Fluency and Better By Tonight. Her focus deals with high-level executives who have it all, but want more, more love, more sex and more connection. Ladies and gentlemen, the founder of Hamilton Coaching Strategies, author and life coach, Nancy Hamilton.
0: Hi, Cole. Thank you. Thank you for that lovely introduction.
1: Oh, no problem. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you and the service you provide. And speaking of the service in which you provide, like I said in your intro, it deals with high level execs seeking more connection at home. Is this service born from a personal experience?
0: <laughs> well, I would be lying if I said no. I think that anybody who is worth their salt, who is a coach, draws on personal experience. And I think that that makes what we do more authentic. And I think it's, it's more accessible for people. And so, yes, I mean, I think relationships, personal relationships are challenging. And, um, and it's, a, it's a skill that you need to acquire in in terms of how to do relationships and, and how to make them better if they hit a rough patch. And I'm um, just like learning a language or mastering a sport or any skill that you acquire. It, it takes diligence. It takes practice, you know, it takes time and we don't, I, I don't think we, have classes in it <laughs> that I know of. But I mean I really think that everybody could use a coach. Like my mom is a PhD psychologist and she says she, she thinks eighty percent of the population needs a coach and the other twenty percent could use it. <laughs> so pretty much covers everybody, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah it does.
0: <laughs> yes. And so and I also have a lot of empathy. Um when people come to me and they're struggling and they don't know whether they should stay together or break up and Oftentimes they have you know families and they have histories with these people and they they really don't want to end the relationship but they can't stand for the relationship to continue on the present path and so um, I, and I've certainly had heartbreak in my personal life and I think that that helps me be a better coach.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, the one thing that I have learned in life is that uh, personal heartbreak and personal heartache uh, tends to fuel any positive way, if you want to get past it, uh, good lessons for others. So
0: it really does.
1: Yeah. I I figured it had to uh, considering the person that I have understood you to be in the, the few minutes I got a chance to speak to you before this interview began, I I had a feeling that it had something to do with the passion in which you do teach what you do.
0: Absolutely. uh, And I think that, you know, my experience personally, you know, I'm, I'm actually a divorced couples coach, if you can believe it. So, um, I think that that experience, it's kind of like riding the roller coaster, you know, after it's crashed, it's like, it's a pretty safe time to ride it after it's, after it's been fixed. So I feel like, you know, I've done a lot of personal work and I certainly understand how relationships can come to that point, but I also know how to make relationships work and I've helped thousands of couples over my 25 year career and I'm just I'm really proud of the work that I've done and and I think I've made a difference in people's lives and and that's what I want to do you know with with my next book with my speaking and um and the appearances like today
1: yeah yeah and uh, if uh, if the pre- Conversation for this interview is any indication I think you will have no no issues No problems there
0: <laughs> Thank you, thank you Cole
1: <laughs> Thanks a lot Oh, No problem Now uh, you have done a lot of couples therapy And I of course I've been hearing A lot of psychology background Not just in what you have learned Yourself but like what you said Your mother has learned And now teaches or has taught Right So
0: yeah, growing up as the daughter of a psychologist,
1: <laughs> Oh, good lord. and
0: then my dad's a PhD speech pathologist. So <laughs> between the two of them, it, it was really quite the childhood.
1: <laughs> oh, good lord! So yeah, so you, so you, <laughs> oh lord! So you got doctoral lessons right. in oh, how yeah. to come in and go. how to speak, yeah, <laughs> how to speak and how to delve into a person's mind. Right, okay, right,
0: exactly. So, Ooh, um, yeah. So it, I come by it honestly, and. Um, I entered the social work profession um, because I realized when I was working at a psych hospital as an intern, I realized that the people doing the therapy were actually the clinical social workers, not the psychologists. They were doing more of the psychological testing. And so that kind of, that's what veered me away from psychology and in to social work. And then, you know, as a social worker, I worked in the schools, I worked in the private sector, I had my private practice. And then I realized that, you know, my private practice was too small for me, and that I really needed to write and speak and reach more people. So that's when I transitioned into being a coach for mostly executives and people who are very successful in their professional lives, but personally, they're faltering.
1: Yeah. Now, what what struck me strange when I was you know reading up on you is clinical social working i'm like how does that go so what does a clinical social worker do
0: so a clinical social worker is basically a psychotherapist and okay. they're concerned with why you are the way you are so if somebody says well what's oh. the difference between a therapist and a coach Therapy is all about um, psychological diagnoses and figuring out why you are the way you are. Coaching, on the other hand, is about what are you going to do about it? So it's much more proactive. It's much more, you know, um, action oriented in terms of having an action plan. Um, Because you can sit around all day long and go into your childhood and, you know, figure out where things came from and why. And that's all fine and dandy. But how are you going to change when you walk out the door of my office? That's what I want to know. And that's what and people really appreciate that. They really there's a stigma still about going to therapy. Um, and when people find out that I'm a couples coach, that I've been a couples therapist, but that now I'm a couples coach, they're actually relieved because they feel like it's, a, it's more of an equal playing field and it's not so much me being the expert and them being the patient, you know. And so it's, it really, um, it suits me because I'm bossy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. so you okay, so you couldn't feed your bossy <laughs> no, nature. Being no, a therapist. you have to be much
0: more gosh, how does that make you feel? And right now I'm like, listen, sometimes your feelings don't matter, buddy. Sometimes you just need to do the right thing. <laughs> so people kind of tend to appreciate my sass.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, and, I, well, heck, I appreciate it. And, <laughs> but they know, And, and I'm not even a client Thank yours. you.
0: But they know <laughs> it comes with, you know, a whole lot of years of experience. You know, I went to a wonderful school for my graduate work. And, you know, I have lots of credibility and education and training and experience. And so they appreciate that because it's not just that I woke up one day and decided I was going to be a coach, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Which leads me to a question that I didn't have planned, but. Uh, I, I really would like to know this. So which do you, I won't say like more, but which do you feel more naturally suited to doing being a therapist or being a coach?
0: Well, I mean, I was kind of kidding about being bossy and liking
1: yeah, coaching for that reason, but, <laughs> but it, it it's just my
0: personality because I really am. I'm very interactive with people. I don't, just want to sit there and wait you know for them to kind of arrive at the answer that i'm guiding them to i'm like i don't have time for that they don't have time for that so i feel like coaching is much more of a match with my personality and my clients tend to want to know what can they do about their problem they're not as interested in why they are the way they are or why the problem got to be the problem so i just feel like it's more helpful for people
1: yeah Yeah. And well, you're, you're a sports fan. So am I. And of course you, you can't be a coach and just be bossy because well, your players wouldn't want to play for you. Right. Exactly.
0: Exactly. You need to, you know, gain their trust and their respect. And Mm -hmm. I think people, one of the things they tell me all the time, Cole, is that they feel like I will tell them when things are going well and I will tell them the truth when things are not going well. You know, I will give them honest feedback. And I think that's, that's also special to coaching. You know, where oh, you just you've got to have somebody who can be honest with you, and that's where some of the people that I have, you know, had for clients they they're very successful. They're in positions of power. They're high level um, people, and they tend to surround themselves with yes people, and so it's kind and it's kind of a two edged sword because they don't really trust people, and And people don't feel like they can be honest with them. And so it's kind of a vicious cycle. And so one of the things that they find so refreshing about coaching with me is that I will tell them, you know, hey, do you want me to tell you you're messed up today? Or do you want me to take your money for six months and then tell you? They're like, no, just tell me today. (laughs) Give it to me. (laughs) Give me the ugly truth. And I'm like, okay, here it is. But the good news is you don't have to stay that way. It's like, it's not your fault if you're messed up, but it is your fault if you stay messed up.
1: Stay there. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. A a coach that will just hit you right between your eyes.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: But doing it with a compassion and love. Right. Because you want to see the person, you want to see the person go from point A to point B. So, yeah.
0: Right. Right. You have to have, you have to come from a place of goodness and of. People don't want to pay to get, you know, raked over the coals. Um, and so it's a balance and that's what I learned from being a therapist. I learned all that tenderness and empathy and, you know, patience from being a therapist. But now that I'm a coach, I, I bring all that into my coaching sessions and this kind of brutal honesty and, and action steps, my better by tonight tips that I think you read about in the chapter. Um, those are just super you know, straightforward. Like, you know, when you come home, do not be on your phone. You know, you need to have, you need to have time together. You need to reconnect, you know, just really basic tips better by tonight. Things that that will make your relationship better by tonight.
1: Mm. And yes, we, I did read that. And yes, we will get into (laughs) that as well.
0: Okay, good. I'm going to call your wife, Cole. I'm going to say, Hey, did he, was he on his phone (laughs) when he came home tonight?
1: Because <laughs> if yeah. he was,
0: I have more work to do with him.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> yeah! Don't involve my wife. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you thought we were friends, right?
0: Before that, <laughs> oh it, we would
1: we would do it so good. We were doing so good.
0: We were doing great.
1: Okay,
0: all right, we're gonna leave your wife out of it.
1: Oh no! No, I'm just I'm just having fun. Uh but you, you're, about, you're talking about your chapter in uh, The Success Formula, the book. Uh, you started your chapter talking about an experience that a stranger laid to you in a, I believe it was a conference. It was. Uh, about a relationship experience. So why do you think you invite such vulnerability <laughs> so quickly with people?
0: Well, it's just been a thing, Cole, since I was a little girl. People tell me everything. And I can be at the DMV, I can be in line at the grocery store. I mean, somebody came to my door and was lost, rang the doorbell, was lost, and told me her life story. After I gave her directions, told me her life story. And my family just shakes their heads. You know, they just, they've come to expect it now. So this man at this conference, we sat down, and after about the first coffee break, he starts telling me about his relationship with his wife. And he says, you know, we're in a sexless marriage. And I'm thinking, okay, are you trying to pick me up? And he says he wasn't. Well, I'll have to take his word for it. But he, he basically asked me, you know, for my opinion. And I, I said, well, you know, as a therapist or as a coach or as a woman or what, and he said, well, kind of all of it. And I said, well, you know, have you considered that you might be the problem? And he, you know, he basically spit out his coffee. He's like, I, I really never considered that. And I said, "Well, how long ago did it start?" And he said, "Well, I have a, I had an affair 6 years ago." And I said, "Oh. So you're untrustworthy and you're <laughs> you're not able to see your part in something, right?" And so and he was a very high-level executive and nobody really had the nerve to confront him. I'm sure his wife tried to but um, but so that's why I really – one of the cornerstones of my work is self-awareness because you can't hit what you can't see. And so if you're not aware that, you know, you're part of the problem and that, you know, by not being aware, you can't even start to fix the problem – That's where we start. We start with, you know, like taking your emotional temperature and figuring out how do you feel during the day? How much do you feel? What do you want to do about that? Like really becoming aware of yourself because you can't really work on your relationship unless you've really, you you know yourself and you're, you're pretty aware of how you're feeling and what you want to do about it. Just on a minute to minute basis.
1: Hmm. So uh, this person that taught you, would he happened to be a head of state in the country? <laughs> or, I'm so sorry. That that's absolutely wrong with me. You
0: know, it's it does seem to be, to be fair, it does seem to be a little bit more of a problem for men. The self awareness <laughs> yes. issue, and the more power and prestige and success they have, the lower their level of awareness seems to be. Um, but that they come by that honestly it's like they have to be able to make quick decisions they have to be able to take the emotion out of it and so it's almost unfair to say you know these men these highly successful men just clueless with relationships because the reason they become highly successful is because they're able to do all the things that maybe aren't so good in their personal relationships but are really good in positions of power you know, decisiveness and, and, and making quick decisions and not getting all emotional about it. I mean, you just, you know, if your airplane's going down, you don't want the captain, first officer and engineer to have like a kumbaya circle, you know, you want them to make a quick decision and save people's lives. And so I, I work with a lot of airline captains, by the way.
1: <laughs>
0: so, so I, I think it's, you know, it's a little bit unfair that we kind of, you know, blame them um, but I'm the girl that has like the playbook. I'm the girl that says, Hey, you know, that might work for you in your work. And I understand that, but at home, you've got to nurture those relationships. You got to be a different guy or girl when you come home. And so that's what I help people do. I help people get those relationship skills. And, you know, what I do is, is something called relationship fluency. And that's just, you know, how easy is it? for you to have relationships and with your kids, with your spouse, with your coworkers, with everybody. And it's a language. And that's why I came up with the fluency word, because I feel like once you get practice, once you, you know, you have the discipline to learn the skills, you really, you can become fluent in relationships.
1: Now you touched on a subject matter that I rarely hear. Uh, and and you, and, and you said it so beautifully self-accountability yeah uh now i'll now i am married now but i have been previously divorced and i can honestly tell you the moment that i actually was able to get beyond the hurdle of anger and bitterness was when i actually looked at myself in the mirror and said you know you can throw all of whatever your ex-wife did upon you and yeah she did some things to me no question about that but uh buddy you're in this position because of you. Ah, wow. Cool. Huge insight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And, and, and the and the good thing is mm-hmm. then you have the power to make changes, which you've done in this right. new marriage. I'm sure. It's like you don't yes, want to go down that road again. And so if you know oh. what part you had in it, you have control over whether or not that happens again.
1: Mhm. Yeah. And when I realized that, that's exactly what happened. And yeah, and it's a, it's a powerful revelation when you actually grab on hold of it and go into that next level. I was like, oh, now this makes right. sense. Right,
0: and people are so afraid of that. But what what I try to help them understand is that we have the ability to participate in our relationships in ways that strongly influence the outcome. The degree to which our relationships are able to thrive has everything to do with us as individuals and so sometimes I don't even meet with a couple to begin with I meet with each of them individually and I get to know them and their histories and then I bring the couple together and I say okay here's how coaching goes here's the difference between coaching and therapy here's why I'm going to coach you through this and here's what you can expect And so it becomes, hopefully it's an empowering experience because I think people go into couples counseling and they just think, oh my gosh, I'm here forever. It's week in, week out. It's really expensive. There's really no defined goal. And it just feels like let's beat up, you know, a different person each week. You know, sometimes it's her turn. Sometimes it's his turn with my lesbian gay couples. You know, they take turns being in the, you know, in the hot seat. But um, once you figure out, okay, what is my part? And like that guy at the conference, he had really never thought about his sexless marriage being because of something he was doing or not doing.
1: Right. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's a shame that he, it's been, it took all of those years right. for him to get that revelation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I said, you know, you should fire your personal coach and hire me. <laughs> And he said, "He said I don't have a personal coach." And I said, "I know, I know, <laughs> <laughs> I already know
1: that." <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I love the boldness, and you were correct. I, I love that. I love that.
0: <laughs> well, it's helpful. It's helpful, and it mm-hmm. it doesn't waste people's time.
1: Right, right. Now you have spoken about this wonderful F word. No, not that f word.
0: <laughs> not that f word.
1: <laughs> called fluency. Right. And you write about and you write about relationship fluency, and you talked about this in in the interview. So, what happens to be the or what are the three pillars or legs of this relationship fluency stool?
0: Well, it it, it does have three legs, but it's more than that. It's it's basically an acronym that I call Aware. A-W-A-R-E. And the first A stands for awareness. How self-aware are you? The W stands for weathering the storms. Are you able to have conflict with your partner or your spouse? Are you able to have healthy conflict? Because people who say they never fight, that's such a bad sign. It means they're not really being honest, you know? And then the second A is about accessibility. And that's what I alluded to earlier about the cell phone. You know, it's like, how accessible literally are you to your partner and your partner to you. Um, And then the R is about responsiveness. So when your partner does reach out, how responsive are you? You know, are you distracted or are you giving them your full attention? And then the E in aware is for engagement. And so that's how do you engage with this person? Are you, do you give them the benefit of the doubt? Do you, do you automatically assume that they woke up that morning and just you know, made a fast list in their head of how they were going to piss you off or how you were going to piss them off. No, you know, most of us want to engage lovingly with the people in our lives. And, um, but we're not really sure of what we're doing that is hurting that engagement. And I try to teach people how to better that engagement.
1: Yeah. And you offer an assessment that actually, accompanies this acronym you just spoke
0: right so I made this up Cole I decided all these years of experience all these couples there needs to be a way for people at the beginning to see where are they in terms of this aware business and so I wrote this assessment and I did something different I I, I wrote it so that it's from their partners perspective because we can all take these little self assessments online that say hey you know i'm truthful with my partner or hey i'm accessible with my partner or whatever it is but when you stop to think okay what would my partner say about my awareness what would my partner say about my responsiveness then that automatically starts to build empathy like even if you this is the beautiful thing even if you don't agree with your partner you can see it from their point of view and so that's the empathy bridge you know that that i kind of took from my therapy um, years um, and and that's really really important is to be able to see it from your partner's perspective even if you don't agree with it.
1: Okay, that is good to know. And so that's relationship I have no- fluency. Ah, got you. And and, and I have noticed uh, in 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 the manuscript and in literature that you have written that you seem to really have this. Uh, love affair what i'd say with um acronym teachers is it
0: <laughs> i do <Is> it... <laughs> i really do cole i think it's the writer in me you know my dad used to mm. used to write the news for walter cronkite back in radio days and so i'm from a long mm. line of writers and um and i think people remember acronyms they really remember yeah. acronyms and i'm hoping they remember the aware acronym from today
1: yeah yeah, and I believe they will. You just described it beautifully. All right, so you have a client much like the uh, gentleman that just came <laughs> to you and spilled his guts to Right. Right. Uh, what questions would you ask these high-level executives who are tired of their love life not firing on all c- cylinders?
0: Well, I would ask them... Basically, what incentive they have to make it better, because they're going to resist any process, whether it's therapy or coaching or mentorship, they're going to resist any process unless they have incentives. So why are they staying? You know, what, why, what incentive do they have to make their relationship better? And, you know, quite frankly, some people are staying, you know, just for the kids or because they don't want to split their massive fortune in a divorce, you know, so they're, they're not exactly the most romantic reasons. And of course, your partner can feel that, you know, that you're just staying out of obligation or duty. And so first I try to figure out, you know, what, what is their motivation? And a lot of them, quite frankly, they want to win. They don't want to get divorced. They don't want to be a failure in their personal lives because they're used to getting everything they want in their professional lives. They're used to winning. They like to win. And that's why I titled my chapter, you know, win it at home like you win at work.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and this would be tools to <laughs> win in both areas. Right, because, exactly. Because what I've noticed is if you do seem to win at home, you seem to... Have an easier time at work.
0: Well, well, absolutely. I mean, all of us have probably had those periods in our lives where our home lives were just a wreck. And, you know, we take that to work. You can say all you want that you have a boundary between the two. But, you know, it's it's just a known fact that if things are going better at home, you're going to do better at work. And if they're going worse at home, you're, it's going to impact your work life. So I think that it's really important. I mean, I, I've read lots of statistics about how people would rather have a great relationship than be rich. They would give up years of their life if they could just have a great relationship. I mean, there are all kinds of things that they would rather, they, they would rather have a great relationship than almost anything.
1: Wow. That, that, now, that speaks to the importance of having a good relationship. Right. And wow. a good relationship. Coach. Yes. And in this case, a good relationship coach too. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. I, bet, I mean, we're
0: kidding, but I mean, seriously, you wouldn't, you yeah. wouldn't dream of trying to do a sport without a coach.
1: Oh, You wouldn't
0: not. dream right. of, you know, becoming a great pianist without, you know, mm-hmm. an amazing teacher, an amazing coach. So right. you really, it's not anything to be ashamed of, we all need help, you know? And so, I, my goal is to take my life experiences, my professional experiences, and to help people benefit quickly, and to help people get things better on a better track, and to have better relationship fluency. All
1: right. So, if I were to be a client of yours, and I would like to have your service, that's called Better by Tonight. Right. What would it? What would that teach me?
0: So it would depend on the problem that you came with. um, And we would be very clear about, you know, what is your vision? What, what is it that you want? And I would have you and your spouse write out, you know, how do you envision the relationship if things, if we could wave a magic wand and everything were perfect. And I have you all write it in present tense as if it's already happening. So we have amazing sex, we communicate easily, we share chores equally, you know, all those things. And then I come in with the skills. I say, okay, so here's what I'm hearing. I think we need to build these skills, communication skills, conflict management skills. And then, like I said before, I want to know about your incentives. You know, are you here because you really love each other and you want to save this thing? Or is this, you know, do people have hidden agendas? You know, sometimes people are, like, done with their relationship and they just want the coach to call time of death, you know, and so that's not so good. And then resources, I, I definitely lay out resources. I'm a big one for recommending books and, you know, videos and all kinds of things, although some people really resist the whole homework idea. But if you're learning anything, you're going to have to study, you know. And then there's an action plan. We say, okay, this is the first step. This is the second step. This is the third step. And I make it for, for four um, session increments. And so I call them fun packs. <laughs> I have people commit to four sessions and, at a time, and and we can really get a lot done because it's proactive, because it's, you know, it's interactive, and people really appreciate that there's an end in sight, and, and sometimes at the end of four sessions, they say, okay, that's, that's good for now. We can, you know, practice this and come back, and sometimes they're like, oh, boy, we need another fun pack. <laughs>
1: Right. <laughs> lay another fun pack on us you
0: know and i do oh work with people all over the country all over the world actually and so they don't have to be i'm outside of boulder colorado and so they don't have to be local to work with me and they really like that because it's convenient and and we do facetime and zoom
1: and all that mm. yeah not Part of the interview but uh, i love denver by the way uh <gasps> <Nice>. okay <laughs> yes. it's a beautiful place
0: it's a beautiful place it is
1: it is now uh your uh, author exploits it's not just the success formula you have an upcoming book as well so talk about this book that i've seen the title of called the Ability factor <laughs> the surprising relationship tool for crushing it in the bedroom uh life you cr- uh the crush in the bedroom is, uh, as, if, uh, as, uh, as you crush it in the boardroom. Easy for me to say. Right. But uh, yes, the F ability factor. Uh, the so factor.
0: the F, of course, is fluency. And so this is the factor that I am writing about and that I want couples to really learn. And it's not just for executives. I mean, the relationship fluency is for parents. It's for managers. It's for, um, you know, co-workers. It's for college students, it's, you know, Jack Canfield and I joke about how, you know, the chicken soup for the soul is just, you know, he has something, a chicken soup for everybody. But I, I kind of envision maybe a little baby version of that where relationship fluency for different groups. And so this, this next book for me is, is going to focus on couples, just, you know, pretty, pretty generically, um, couples that are struggling and who want their relationships to be better.
1: Couples. Okay. All right. Um, so you, are you, um, veering away from the high level executive teaching or are you expanding?
0: I'm expanding. So um, as I said a little bit earlier, I think that Um, I had so much experience as a therapist working with, you know, high level executives, like, you know, from startups in Boulder County, um, that that was just kind of my launch pad, you know, treating or, you know, working with um, high level executives. And so now I'm going to be doing different groups. And so um, because executives and they're in couple relationships, I thought the logical next step would be just couples in general. You don't have to be executives um, to be in this couple relationship. And then I think my, my third book is going to be um, Relationship Fluency for Parents and how they can improve their awareness and accessibility and responsiveness with their kids.
1: Wow. Wow. Well, I look forward to seeing all of these products uh right before my very eyes. (laughs) Thank you. Oh gosh. I can continue this conversation with you because oh my you're full of nuggets. (laughs) You're 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 wise beyond your ears. You have a wonderful capacity for loving seeing love flourish and absolutely yeah, we need more people like you in this oh world.
0: thank you so much i'm just i'm so honored to do this work and that people let me into this intimate part of their lives and um and i'm just i'm really looking forward to helping
1: even more people good good so if a person is listening to this and they're saying you know what i need nancy as a coach <laughs> where can the people find you me besides you like sending
0: up a bat signal it may be easier to just go to relationshipfluency.com.
1: Wow. That's real simple. Yeah. Okay. Well, the woman that I think we will gloss as the relationship fluency person and guru. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Author, speaker, life coach, and therapist, because she does have that in her background as well, Nancy Hamilton. It was a pleasure speaking with you, Nancy. Thank
0: Thank you, you so much, Cole.
1: And that concludes Success Formula. I'm Cole Johnson reminding you that success is not just a destination or a journey. It's a way of life. See you at the top.